Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. Daniel Goodman here, your host for Keeping Things Simple, a financial talk show aimed to simplify the seemingly complicated and complex. Got a terrific show lined up today. Going to be talking about what's real and what's not. Do the numbers lie? No. But can th- you bet you? So we got a great show line. Phone number here at the store is 866-434. My sound engineer and show producer, Sean, with me here. Take any questions you might have regarding today's show. If you prefer writing in, G Financial at AOL.com. Again, that's DEG Financial AOL.com. A previous show and want to get caught up or check out other financial issues of interest, you can do so at DEG's newly redesigned website, DEGfinancial.com, where you'll find an audio copy of this show as well as previous shows. So here we are. What what's real in What's not real? You know, folks, there's a fabulous dynamic that many of us are not keenly aware of in terms of scientific reality that surrounds us. And this has to do with the rectangular We're talking geometry now, folks. You know that when you look in a microscope, you'll never find any object that's rectangular, that's square. It doesn't exist. In the real universe, everything is circular or elliptical. And those bonds, by the way, those elliptical bonds, and I'm not a scientist, but you can check this out. I'm not, don't need to Google it or anything like that. It's just the way it is. We as human beings build boxes upon boxes, squares and rectangular geometrical forms that are man-made. And in the scheme of things, they are the weakest link. It's just the way. Without these devices, we can't operate. You know, think about it. One of the things when I was growing up I always was fascinated by was the, the, the number pi the infinity of the number, and then you start thinking, well, how did they arrive at this number? Well, they had a circle, and they wanted to figure out, you know, how you're going to figure out what the what the area of the circle So the only way they could do is put a box around it, a square, divide it into four, and then you start thinking, how much of the circle? And so it was 3.141. I don't remember the rest of it, but the, the idea of it is simple. So what the heck does this have to do with a financial talk show about keeping things simple? Well, it's got a lot to do with it. That's why I'm here. I know I'm not making any sense today. I've departed from the regular format of running the numbers endlessly, which you hear all the time. And I do want to talk about products specifically, but the idea about numbers is... The numbers don't lie. They're just numbers. But we need a frame of reference in order to help us out. Just like they needed to devise those four squares to come up with the number pi, 
We need to know how much money we have in a bank. You've seen all those commercials arriving at that magical number that's going to have you enough money. You just do a simple calculation, let's say 5% off what, a million, $2 million, how much interest you, how much money you need to live. Everyone's got a budget. Everyone has their dreams. How do you turn the numbers to make them work in your favor? Now, this is very, very predictable because who's ever listened to this show before knows that I'm a net sum zero guy. I don't like negativity. I don't like those, I don't like the color red. My producer, Sean Rogie, is smiling. I'm a black person. <laughs> I like things black and white, but black is positive. We want not to be in the red. Notice those, those triple, double negatives. You know, there's that old joke, you know, what's better than a triple deck banana float with all the trimmings? Well, two double, triple floats with all the trimmings. That's the numbers games, folks. You know, we talk about cycles in the market, bear market, going down, bull market going up, then a mixed market up, down. Those are the only three possibilities. So how do you make money in the scheme of these things? So, so I touched upon recently the issue of conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom, and I'll repeat this again, is an oxymoron. It's antithetical. There is no, if you subscribe to conventional wisdom, or let's just say if we all continued to subscribe to conventional wisdom, we'd still be thinking that the earth is flat. Did you know, folks, I recently learned that laughing gas had been around a long, long time, and no one really wanted to apply laughing gas as an anesthetic because conventional wisdom dictated that pain was good. Pain was a good sign. When women went into childbirth, uh, giving birth, they were expected, if they, weren't, if they weren't showing the pain, then something was wrong. Now, we know that that conventional wisdom went out the door. So are we not in a state perpetually, where conventional wisdoms need to be tested? You betcha. And one of the things that I've gone over over and over again, this show, is this notion of buy and hold, or you got to lose money to make money. No. We're beyond that. Sounds too good to be true? No, it really isn't. There's more to it than that. There's nuances, technical issues that that, that involved you don't get the full upside potential. But you need to be part of what I'm going to coin here today as unconventional wisdom. There are theories about that, contrarian theories. Let's take a uh, quick break. When I come back, come back, we'll look at where things are in the evolution of the markets so we'll know what time of day it is. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Dependability and experience guaranteed. That's DEG Financial. Daniel E. Goodman, an investment advisor representative for DEG Advisory, a registered investment advisor, has been a leading force in the creation and protection of capital for business owners, professionals, and highly paid executives in Southern California for the past 21 years. Specializing in indexed annuities, the mission at DEG is to continuously provide that extra difference in helping you as a client. Call 818-907-0673. That's 818-907-0673. You got it. That's DEG. Dependability and experience guaranteed. We're back. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to Keeping Things Simple with Daniel Goodman here on Case Bar, 1510 AM. Our number here at the station, 866-584-3434. You can um, write to me, DEG, DEG Financial at AOL.com, in case you have any questions about what we're talking about. I know it's Seems to be somewhat nebulous and vague today's show about what's real and unreal, but we really need to to understand how this all works. So where are we in the scheme of things in terms of the the markets? This is so important to understand because history really doesn't rewrite itself. And we can debate all we want about history repeating itself. It, it, the, the issue of waking up in the morning and not knowing what time of year that you're in because there's light out there and seemingly we should know whether we're in winter or summer, it makes a difference. And it makes a huge difference in terms of where your investment portfolio, how it's doing, where it's positioned. So quickly, I'm going to revisit the history based upon the S&P 500. We have um, a phase, call it phase one, period, 20-year period from 1929 to 1949 where we were witness to basically an up-and-down market. I'm not going to go over every year where, when it was up, when it was down, but when you look at it from a distance, it's clearly an up-and-down market. There's no, there's no mistaking what type of market it was. And again, there's just so many possibilities out there. And this holds true for everything, folks. You know, when you go back and you look, I was an English major at UCLA, and you study story, literature. There, there are just so many variations of the same story. I mean, it's nice, but that's the way it is. The greatest of the greatest stories, they're just revisited, certain conflicts happening, boy loves girl, boy tries to get girl, gets girl, happy ending. It's, it's, it's all the same, the conflict, who done it here, who done it there. It's just... Obviously, they're more developed, but, but at the end of the day, we have three possibilities, a bull market, a bear market, or an up-and-down market. 
for those of you not quite acquainted with this show, you're going to see that even in an up-and-down market, you have the possibility of capturing wonderful gains and making money. Of course, there are some traders out there that are trade short and make money in bear markets, but that's for the most of us, as we understand the markets, we're looking for the more conventional way of making money in terms of a rising market. Because historically speaking, there is an appreciation factor over time. So in all the, in the scheme of things, the bulls overcome the bears. That's just like the happy ending story. That's the workings of the world. Now, we can, you could say philosophically, looking at the, the, the glass half full or half empty, we're not concerned about that. We're measuring, is the glass really at 50-50? That's what we need to know. In that respect, the numbers don't lie. So the next phase of the, of the, of the markets, we have the 1949 to 1966 bull market. And this is just like, you know, real simple. There was like one or two years in between, maybe three years in between, that there was a correction phase, classic bull market. And then from 1966 to 1982, we had again an up and down market. had the market uh, rising in 1987, I'm sorry, 1967, 1968, going down the following year, going back up, part of 1970, 71, 72 going up, 73 going down, 74, 75, up and down market. And then come about 1982, all the way to year 2000, we got let's call it phase four, the mother of all bull markets ever. Okay, so when we look at the numbers, some of these numbers of the Dow, and I, I, the reason why this is so telling to me is because when we get to the period 1982 to 2000, I've been a part of that. <laughs> it's not so pleasant to think that uh, I've been doing this for so long, but it is in a way. It's important. I think to have an advisor that not necessarily has been around that long doing this, but at least one that's knowledgeable and knows uh, these how recent where the markets have been, especially in the course of the last, call it 20-year segment. So you have the um, 19, let's, we'll start at 19, 1987. No, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll just run through these numbers really quick, all the way from 1966. Well, we'll do, we'll do 1987. The Dow first hits the 2000 mark back in 1987. Okay, that's January 7 of 1987, and then in 1990, July 13, it's hitting 3000. 1994, 4000. 1995, 5,000. 1996, 6,000. 1997, 7,000. 19, same year, 1997, it breaks 8,000 in July. Following year, April, it hits 9,000. What a run on the market, folks. It's important to, to, to um, remind ourselves. 1999, 
is the first time, March 12, 1999, is the first time the Dow hits 10,000. Look at where the markets are today. Okay, and here we are, coming midway through. You got a clue when I'm doing this. <laughs> here we are, midway through 2010. 19, uh, that same year, 1999, in April, just a month later, it breaks 11,000. This is what can happen in the markets, folks. And then we had, of course, the run uh, in 2006, 2007. The, the uh, 2007, same year, it broke 13,000. And in July, it broke 14,000. And look at where we are now. So... This issue of conventional wisdom being that you got to lose in order to make, no. It's no longer, no longer holds. Why? We got better things out there. We got equity index annuities. If you happen to have seen a recent uh, is it display advertisement in the Wall Street Journal, it shows uh, what an equity index would do for you if you had $100,000 back on October 9, 2004, and it uh, to October 9, 2008, the five-year period. These are, this is, these are real numbers. So that $100,000, if it was linked to the S&P 500, you would have been left with $86,628. So you would have experienced a loss. With, an eight, with a, a simple equity index annuity, you'd have at that point $127,591. Now, I mean, this is really powerful stuff. It's not, again, I'm not taking, not dismissing the need for having other instruments such as, you know, traditional holding stock, bonds, no-load mutual funds, I'm big on those things. DG Financial Services has, a, has its own registered investment advisor. I'm personal representative for uh, DG Investment Advisory. So we, we deal with risk when it's, when it's needed. But the idea is, is that if you don't, if you can get really good returns without the risk, why not do that? Why, why, why be on the roller coaster ride? I want to just touch upon diversification for a moment because as interest rates begin to climb, we need to remember that in the scheme of things, being diversified will trump the predictable. Yeah, I like to look at the, in terms of long-term investing. There's no question on this one. Even when interest rates are going to climb back up to factors that we haven't seen in a long time. Say you had a example, $10,000 in a CD at 7% interest for 20 years. Well, the return on that at the bank is $38,695. Seems like a, a wonderful proposition in today's world where interest rates are. Interest rates are reaching 50-year lows, 
But historically, the markets, if you were to take that same $10,000 and make zero money in commodities for 20 years, make zero money, another $2,000, divide it five ways, make, make 0% 20 years in real estate, and make only 5% in T-bills, and do 10% corporate bonds, and 15% in stocks, well, guess how much you'd have, folks? You'd have $51,494. What's the better deal? The diversification. There's no question about it. So we, we always have to be, remember that too much predictability is not a good thing in the long term. It just doesn't work. What I'm proposing now, we looked at the history of those phases up until 2000, and now we're in, we're not, we're halfway through a 20-year cycle. Not quite sure whether we'll be able to coin this cycle the mother of all bear markets, or perhaps a classic up and down bear bull market. The V. Think of the V there for a moment, folks. I mean, we have had one or two years correcting upward after the three years back-to-back double-digit negative returns on the indices during the dot-com. 2003 to 2004, and then we had a little hiccup there, a nice one, a nice bounce, 2006, 2007. But where we are, there's no question that the past 10 years have been the worst ever. I mean, that's, that's history now. So how do you make sense of this, of the real and the unreal? We have to know where we are, where we are in the scheme of things. We're going to take a quick break. I want to, we come back, talk about the cyclical aspects of some of the unknown things that we need to know about. We come back. Dependability and experience guaranteed. That's DEG Financial. Daniel E. Goodman, an investment advisor representative for DEG Advisory, a registered investment advisor, has been a leading force in the creation and protection of capital for business owners, professionals, and highly paid executives in Southern California for the past 21 years. Specializing in indexed annuities, the mission at DEG is to continuously provide that extra difference in helping you as a client. Call 818-907-0673. That's 818-907-0673. You got it. That's DEG. Dependability and experience guaranteed. We're back. Daniel Goodman here on Case Bob, 1510 AM. Number here at the station, 866-584-3434. My sound engineer and show producer, Sean Ruge, helping me out here this morning. In case you have any questions, you can write in, dgfinancial at aol.com. 
We're talking about the real, the unreal, the numbers, how they don't lie, and how you need to know exactly where we are in the scheme of things to make your moolah grow for you. (laughs) It's summer, folks. We all want to be on vacation. You need your money to be on autopilot for a little while. You can't leave it there on autopilot. But especially as we age, there's a diminishment of the amount of monies that we want to have exposed to risk. Because once we exit the accumulation phase, it can really wreak havoc when we're in the distribution phase and the markets go down. So we're at an incredible time in the history of the markets with things being down. That's when you want to get in. Except we're not quite sure if things are going to continue to go down. And if they go up, they're surely going to go down down again. That's just the way it works. So how do we make this work for us in such a way that we can make money more than the predictability factor, which I've just gone over with the example of locking in your money at a fixed rate over time. Diversification trumps that. One of the ways is creating a portfolio of indexed annuities and taking advantage of some of the wonderful features such as annual reset where you capture the gains in those years that the markets go up. Knowing that when the markets go down, you can't lose. The mechanics of it are real simple. (laughs) You're keeping things simple. It's going to sound complicated, but it really isn't. The insurance company is taking the bulk of your money and purchasing bonds which secure the underlying guarantee that you can't lose, backed by the claims paying ability of the company. And with the money that's left over, they're purchasing call options on the index. This is real simple. The, 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 uh, the contract options, they're options. They're not, you're not invested directly in the stock. So if the index goes up, they're going to exercise the call. And if the index goes down, they're going to let it expire. So it's kind of like playing heads and tails. Heads, you win. Tails, you don't lose. How do you like a game like that, folks? Kind of imagine a stair going up, fly to deca steps, stairwell, where you can only go up and you can never go down. That's equity indexed annuities with annual reset. And the really nice part about it is, in a perverse way, you get to you get to to take advantage of a situation when the market goes down because by not losing, your money is still where it was. But your valuation for purposes of the following year is at a lower, is at the lower beginning value, at the lower reset value. So once again, let's say, take an example. Let's say the Dow is at 10,000 
and you had already made money the year prior, that money is still there. And if the, the it resets at 9,000, your money is still intact, but your beginning index valuation number is now the 9,000. Folks, you know, just before the prior break, I had promised to shed some light, some insight into the cyclical nature, specifically of indexed annuities. Why this is important, not for one listening, but especially for advisors to know, is the issue, if, if you really know where certain markets have been, it's kind of like in uh, the analogy that comes to mind is the mortgage market when the, the, the defaulting, people know what mortgages are going to come due. When you know how much has been sold of a certain uh, annuity, an advisor is very much involved in the business, it can work to your advantage tremendously. These are huge numbers, folks. And they're regulatory issues. What I want to say here in closing, because we're almost out of time for today, is that the summer has been a time that a lot of these things come due, just like CDs come due in October. A lot of these beautiful indexed annuities, their anniversary dates happen to be in the summer. And what I want to say in closing here is that if you're not on board with one of these terrific devices to grow your money long term. You really owe it to yourself to check it out. Give us a call at our office at 818-907-0673. Be happy to review your individual situation. But summertime is a fabulous time to get in on this. 